right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Craig. And... Gotta get over that music, man. I know, I feel I feel weird every time. I feel like we're doing like a special segment. I know, we, we did our special segment. I know. Every sp- segment is a special segment, Craig, where are you talking about It'll grow on it. It will. I, I don't know what it is, but the way I would always do the introduction, the way I would always say it felt natural with the music, and now it just feels unusual because it's just a little bit different. So I'm not I'm not sure. It's not a bad thing. It's just it's new. Right. It's new. So, but yeah. uh, well, news good. News all right. Yeah, news good, news all right. News news happening all around. Um a little update for um things going on with me and my life and hopefully probably shouldn't affect the the um show or anything next week, but it's moving weekend for me. Uh we're not like doing any big kind of move really. Uh it's not all that far away, but we're moving into a new house, so it's like chaos time. Yeah, that's never fun. No, it's it's not. I'm so looking forward to it being done. It is. It's seriously the worst time of the year for this to be happening because the two biggest projects I work on at my job are overlapping at this time, and uh, we are currently trying to move. Uh, my job just recently moved to a new building, so we're still kind of making adjustments with that there. Um, it is also football season. Um, so of course that, uh, is, you know, crowds my weekends and yeah, then in a game and move and yep. get yeah, I mean, so is not, it's, it's a good thing. And actually the, uh, the setup, the way that's going to be at the uh, new house, I mean, I'll have a nice spot for my setup and everything. It'll be great. I'm just looking forward to it to be done. Right. Yeah, but, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it goes well for you. So, yeah. Man, that's, yeah. Yeah. It's tough, man. Especially on a weekend and a game, you know, Michigan game playing. And yeah. Yeah. I'll be keeping up with it, but I probably won't be able to watch it live because I'll be driving back and forth from one house to the other. I'll be watching it later. Um, I hope that I get a chance to watch the whole thing before we uh, do our recording. So, And also, it's going to be a little bit tricky because I'm not able to really set up the computer room until Monday, and we're supposed to record Sunday night. So maybe I'll be able to get a temporary setup. We'll see. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll Wor- get there. We'll worst, comes, worst comes to worst. And in an absolute worst situation, I think that the episode would come out Tuesday rather than Monday, but we'll see what happens there. Right. Yep. But speaking of on the opposite end of things being complicated, busy, not exactly what I would say all that exciting. It's exciting for me, but, you know, the stress of moving. But anyways, there are other exciting things going on in the world, uh, especially when you're talking about Michigan football. And, Craig, what would you like to share with the class? Well, the in the 2019 class just committed committed to Michigan yesterday, and he is 
like one of the he is one of the best in the country man he is the best in the country and he is a, a ball hog and the guy flies around everywhere and this was a huge huge need for michigan as the safety position was always a part kind of problematic at times throughout the couple of years we've had um with metellus and stuff he's not bad he does good things he does some bad things but uh safety is a Always been a tough time for Michigan and uh, just to get Daxton Hill, five-star uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I mean, we're talking about a guy who was actually courted by Clemson, Alabama, and Michigan was able to draw him away from those kind of that kind of company. is huge. I mean, I'm not just talking about the guy. He loves Michigan. He bragged about Michigan when he came here. We had a chance, and then when he visited, he came away with a nice commitment. But... I mean, seriously, I, I think everybody thought, and even I thought, he'd probably go to Bama because that's what Bama does, right? Draws the big-time five-star recruits. And for him to come to Michigan is a huge deal. And it's um, quite nice because you got Hinton coming to Michigan, too. And this is starting to shape up to look like a pretty good class. Um, so uh, very excited for him. And, yeah, he's a he's big-time player. Yeah, and I got uh we got a special message here from somebody for that uh right here. Mm-hmm. Woo! <laughs> yeah, there you go. Good old yeah. Ric Flair. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it, it, he's he's excellent. Go check out his tape. He's all over the field. Uh, it takes balls away all the time. I mean, he just gets up there. He's got such range. Um, but. Uh, Wow, that's it's a big time recruit and big time grab for Michigan and man, Michigan fan base is pretty excited. So you know, and you and I, we talk about stargazing at times. That there are times when five star guys don't work out, and sometimes they do. But this guy looks like he's the real deal, and you know, this this, this 2019 is going to be a good year. So it's a good recruiting year. Yeah, that's that's always good stuff, and so good to have that here. Good news coming kind of all around. Good things happening for Michigan football, so excited about it, and um, we might talk about that more later. But this is indeed our preview episode because it is the beginning of the Big Ten uh, conference play for Michigan. Uh, Some teams have already had a couple conference games, Purdue and Northwestern, Ohio State and Rutgers. Nothing too flashy, too crazy there, but uh, Michigan is opening things up at home, facing off with Nebraska. So uh, before we jump into it, we have a voicemail. I'm not sure if it's a preview for Nebraska or if it's uh, something in response to our last episode. So I do want to make sure that we get that here. I know last time I kind of fumbled around and we did a, uh, we did voicemails a little bit later than usual. So let's get to the voicemails here. I believe that both of these came from the same caller. So we will go ahead and give these a listen here. As soon as Google voice wants to cooperate. Thank you, Google voice. All right, here we go. First voicemail. Hey, guys, this is Craig in Indianapolis. I just got done listening to your guys' uh, recap episode of the SMU game, and I just had a few thoughts about your uh, last podcast. 
first of all, um, I have some thoughts about the neutral sites games that are played. I think there's a few good reasons for that, specifically in the beginning of the season. Um, first of all, it's, it's kind of a money grab for the university to play at AT&T Stadium, to play in Atlanta, to play in these large facilities to gain some more uh, revenue splits. The other option or the other reason why I think it's good is because more and more you're seeing that um, college football is becoming a regional sport. And so what I think the neutral sites do is uh, give visibility to uh, large programs in different parts of the country versus um, college football just all, all of a sudden 10 years from now just being a SEC Southeastern Conference where, you know, they dominate, they get all the kids, and they play and they win. Or, like, the Big Ten, like, you know, everyone's fans there, so expands that. The other thing is obviously because these larger schools have a large fan base that are spread out across the country because they're prestigious universities. Um, the other thing is as far as just recruiting, um, you see Notre Dame, they're kind of not – they're not conference-affiliated. And so what they do is they play USC and they develop a rivalry with them. They play Stanford. And so people out in the West Coast see Notre Dame. Notre Dame has a name out there. And so they're able to establish some rapport and be able to get some recruits out West. So I think it's good uh, for Michigan to come down. Um, like last year, I believe they played Florida at AT&T where the people in the Southeast and Texas, you know, that's a large recruiting hub where they can uh, get some visibility or some of the uh, prospects up there are down there, and they can uh, get some recruits down in Texas and Florida because those are just recruiting pipelines. Um, I didn't get to catch the first half of the SMU game, uh, unfortunately, um, but I think it's the second half. It did look like uh, they were struggling and kind of took them lightly. Um, so I don't have much input on the SMU recap, but um, your last bit of the conversation was talking about the crowd noise at Michigan. I think something that plays into it was definitely the fact that SMU going into the game was 0-2, and, and it's SMU. They don't have a great uh, name behind it, and so the fans were kind of uh, maybe a little, uh, you know, it wasn't that big of a game for them. Also, it was pretty hot, I think, and so people were probably just really, really hot and tired. Oh, and it got cut off, so that's probably what the second one is for, so we'll finish this off. Sorry, I got cut off there with the voicemail, but my last point was the SMU uh, crowd or the Michigan crowd at the SMU versus SMU wasn't that great. I think a good barometer um, and measuring the thing would be um, versus Nebraska this week. Nebraska obviously um, hasn't been a great program um, as of the past recent decade or so. Uh, but they do, I believe they do have a strong fan, fandom there, and it, it's a bigger game than the SMU game. Um, uh, it's just a greater storyline, so I think that the fans might be a little bit more uh, into it. So I think we can, uh, Caleb, who was there at the game, I believe, and maybe not be at the game in Nebraska, but as a good barometer of measuring uh, what the crowd noise is versus uh, Nebraska versus SMU and kind of evaluating um what the fans are like. I know uh, Caleb talked about the, the dome aspect, which I think it plays a huge factor um, as far as crowd noise. Um, but 
that's all I got. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right, Craig, thank you for that call. Um, actually, uh, I, I, I've been trying to get him on. He's uh, he's actually somebody I know. Apparently, I'm only friends with people named Craig. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he's I like him already cool name. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he's called in every once in a while. But he is um, he he played uh, college ball, and he and I chat about a lot of different stuff. And, you can uh, tell. I mean, he, he. I tell you what, he made some very, very good points that I didn't even think of. Is the whole uh, obviously profitability when it comes to these kind of things, and you know, and I know, being in this market and me being in the market for over twenty years in the college market, and knowing that it, it's money driven, and that's it's a point that I didn't even think about. That, yeah, and and the recruiting aspect of it all is really big. Yeah, uh, too. So yeah, I can see why they do. So. Yeah, but I'm gonna say this to caller Craig. Yeah, uh, not you, caller. Craig. But uh, Craig. No. no, Craig. No, it's not all that easy and simple. No, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, he definitely did bring up that point about profitability, which we did not touch on uh, with the neutral site games. But um, kind of the thing that he mentioned about um being a regional sport and kind of getting out there for exposure and everything and yeah i know players and recruits like the big stage um and all that but still if you i mean there's supposed to be these uh home and away series you know i mean typically when you see uh see things if it's not a neutral site game you expect uh Michigan will go out and play Utah and then Utah will come play at Michigan and things like that. So, I mean, as far as things being regional, I feel like it could still be, that could still be overcome by the simple fact of, Hey, Michigan goes and plays Mississippi state and Mississippi state comes up to Michigan, but everybody knows that the sec doesn't come uh, north of basically the, uh, was it the Mason Dixon line or whatever they call it down there? I always kind of mix it up, but yeah, they don't they don't come very far north. I mean, uh, yeah. When was last? When was last time? Oh, LSU and Wisconsin played not too long ago, so I guess there was that. Um, so, but yeah, they uh, you know the southern schools or things like that hardly ever come up north, um, and so they they also hardly invite anyone in their own stadium it's always those neutral site things so i i think that the uh regional aspect uh and that could still be overcome by just doing a home and away series with with teams like that but it just never yeah really happens. i think we're talking about out of conference games yeah you know, in this so which doesn't bother me as much at, at least you know and i get it um but yeah i mean it's it's some good points he made so yeah and and then he talked about the uh the SMU game and the crowd noise and everything. And yeah, those are all different factors. And, and he does bring up a good point. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I won't be able to see firsthand, but uh, I will ask around um, specifically because I noticed that there were a couple other media members who commented on the noise levels at the game against SMU. So I might follow up with them after the Nebraska game and be like, Hey, you know, did you, did you notice a difference or what, Right. Was what was the difference if there was a difference and things like that? Because I, I do agree, you know, it was SMU. I kind of get that. But 
you see some of those teams, and I don't want to get on this conversation for too long, and I think I mentioned it last time, but you see some of those teams. I mean, uh, whether it's a winning program or not, but it's just like fan bases still get into games, whether mm-hmm. they're playing right. you know, the biggest and the best teams or not playing the biggest and the best teams, whether it's a blowout game or whether it's not a blowout game. Right. And I think, you know, you're looking at, you know, we're a generation where we can see every game out there. And you look at the Alabamas and the other teams that are just, they'll take a, a, a kind of a team that's not so great, that's just, you know, inferior to Michigan, like SMU is. And you see Alabama just rolling 50 points and rolling numbers on them. And when Michigan, you know, all throughout, you know, the first quarter all the way to the fourth quarter, they're just hand, handing it to them. And then you see Michigan struggling to a team like that. You know, you looking at fans just say, man, we want to do see that <laughs> from the first quarter to the fourth. Uh, and, you know, granted, Michigan does wear teams out. And I like that. But uh, I think that's what you're seeing is, you know, I think you're looking at like you're looking at the other yard and you're in and in, in what's in that guy's yard and being kind of a. Uh, jealous and then you're looking at your own yard and you don't have what they have and so maybe michigan's just a little bit impatient when it comes to that so yeah that's an interesting point to bring up so yeah we'll have to see we'll have to see how it goes with uh you know the bigger i mean we don't put in question the michigan state or the ohio state game because we know fans get into that one so those games so um but uh we will go ahead and go and get into the preview for the michigan nebraska game um, this is Michigan still sitting um, at the – for me to actually make sure and I'm not stumbling over my words. Yeah, uh, Michigan still sits at 19th in the uh, AP poll. So Michigan uh, 19 hosting unranked Nebraska. At noon this coming Saturday, the game will be airing on uh, Fox Sports 1. And Michigan is a 17-point favorite with the over under at 50. So let me share a couple stats here. Um, ba, 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 ba. There, that's what I was looking for. I had it all typed out. Um, so just uh, now these are, as we remind everybody uh, at, in the early parts of the season, very subjective stats because obviously Michigan has played Western and SMU and uh, Notre Dame, it's just three games. Nebraska is in the unique situation where they've only actually played two games because the first one got canceled due to weather. So um, still not a lot of information to go on, but here's what we have so far for the, the uh, high-level picture. Michigan, for a total offense, is coming in ranked 85th, and this is talking about yards per game. Uh, focusing mostly around yards per game, 397 yards per game average. Nebraska at 43rd because uh, they have 464 average yards per game. Uh, so diving into the scoring offense, though, Michigan then um, sky, uh, skyrockets to number 46 because of averaging 37 points um, per game. And so through three games, they have 15 touchdowns and two field goals. Nebraska is down at one oh uh the one oh three spot, averaging twenty three and a half points a game with only six touchdowns and two field goals. Again, that is only through two games. Um Michigan is averaging 187 rush yards. Nebraska is averaging two fifty eight. 
for passing, Michigan is averaging 209, and Nebraska is not far behind, averaging 206. Um, for total defense, uh, yards allowed and everything, Michigan is coming in at 12th, only uh, at the average of 276 yards per game. Nebraska is a 324. Uh, the rush defense, Michigan allowing uh, around 120 yards per game. Nebraska actually uh, ranking higher than Michigan, only allowing 93 rush yards on average per game. Um, Michigan uh, for pass defense, only allowing 154, while Nebraska is allowing 230 passing yards. And to put it into further perspective, the opponents for Nebraska have been uh, Troy and Colorado, just so yep. that you guys are familiar with who they played. So um, I do want to mention, I I found a very interesting information while looking uh, up things about Nebraska. I was watching part of the Troy game. I was surprised because I, I was not following it. I was actually in the car during most of the noon games. And I was surprised to see that Troy at one point was up 17 to zero on Nebraska. And um, an interesting thing is even though uh, Nebraska is coming into this game, own two, I think I saw a stat that said that uh, the last time Nebraska started Owen two was like 1957 or yeah. something like that. It was a, it was a long time ago. I thought I had it uh, saved here, but I might be missing it. Um, but then, uh, so Nebraska is looking at the very real possibility of starting own three and, um, the most interesting thing I saw is that against Troy, Nebraska had 364 yards and Troy had 253. So they outgained them over a hundred yards. Yeah. And then against Colorado, they did too. They had 565 yards while Colorado only had 395 yards. So that's over 160 more, uh, uh, over 160 more yards than Colorado. And they lost both those games. They outgained both their opponents by more than 100 yards. One of them more than 150 yards. And they still lost both those games. The first loss, uh, Colorado. Um, it, it was a home game for Nebraska as well. Uh, they lost 33 to 28 and then against Troy, they lost 24 to 19. Yeah. Ouch. Well, and you think about it is, you know, you throw out those stats about, you know, Nebraska outgaining both those opponents. They did. But if you think, you know, they had a few, I mean, Colorado threw the touchdown last moment and to win that game. So, and with Troy too, they barely they made a couple mistakes. And they, if it didn't happen to that with that, they probably would have won the game. So, it becomes one of those things where, yeah, they're on two, and a lot of people think they're not a good team. But I'm also like, this is a team that I'm guess I believe they have the second or third best pass rush. Um, defensive rush, uh, and, and what does Michigan uh, struggle at is rushing, <laughs> is the defensive rush from the other team. So, and that's why they're, I believe, with this offensive line and the tackle position with Michigan is going to have a, going to have a tough time because Nebraska's got good pass rushers just like SMU did. So, 
this is going to be a big test. And remember, uh, Nebraska's got better players than SMU anyway. So, oh yeah, even even though they have the zero and two record, they're right. They're yeah. nobody to. And this is conference overlook. game. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And trust me, uh, Scott Frost is not going to want to go zero and three. That's almost that's doom city for uh, Husker fans because you know they got a long tenure of doing really really well and. Yeah, they don't want to go zero and three, so they're gonna. I, to me, I feel like the Huskers gonna come in and give them, give us their all. So, yeah, for sure. So, um, one thing that I was trying to look at and figure out, I couldn't. Uh, I, I was trying to watch the game to see what happened towards the end of the game. Do you know if uh, their quarterback bunch was he just replaced or did he get injured? Um, I'm not exactly sure. Okay, because I know that he played the first game, or oh no, right. I'm sorry, nope, I apologize. Uh, no, that I was looking at the wrong one. Um, both quarterbacks played in the first game with Colorado. Um, I thought it was the uh, Troy game that both of them played in. So yeah, their quarterback that they've been going to um, through these uh, two games. Well, actually, they kind of <laughs> mixed it up a bit because. Um, the uh, they have Martinez and Bunch for a quarterback, and in the Colorado game, um, Bunch uh, didn't play a whole lot. I think that's the one they got banged up in, and the other quarterback came in. I think that's what it was. Um, he only had forty nine passing yards, but then Martinez uh, was fifteen for twenty and had one hundred eighty seven pass yards uh, for one touchdown, one interception. Mm-hmm. But the most recent game was just Andrew Bunch playing. Uh, he came in and had 19 for 27, but he had two touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, that game, while well, I got through the whole first half and I was in the uh, third quarter, um, man, that was, I mean, if you want to talk about something that would cause the Michigan fan base to go berserk, <laughs> imagine watching the Nebraska game and imagine it being Michigan instead of Nebraska because there were just dumb mistakes. I mean, oh. they had a special teams touchdown. They had um, missed tackles. They had turnovers. They had – it was it was not good. It was like sloppy football. Nobody was playing very well in the first half for uh, Nebraska. So it looks like they uh, rallied kind of in the second half to – try to come back and win, but they didn't quite finish it out. But yeah, it was, it was rough. Yeah. So. They've, they've had some pretty unfortunate, I mean, they're making big time mistakes and you're, you're right. It's just, you know, you go zero and two and some of those losses can be, you know, they're mental mistakes and just, they can get cleaned up and they just haven't this year. And I'm not exactly sure what it is, but, uh, yeah, and you know Nebraska's got a pretty good uh, running duo, you know, and they got Bell and Washington going, and you know I think Michigan's going to have to watch out for them. They've actually uh, they have a nice little combo going, and um, to stop them will be tough at times. But uh, neither one of them have a touchdown. But uh, and I think Bell has 168 yards, and then you got Washington with 126 yards. So there's a good healthy balance between those two going. So yeah, and he. Um... And so Bunch uh, is honestly not too bad with his completion percentage uh, through two games. He's sitting at 63%, um, which is better than we saw from 
Michigan quarterback play last season. Um, yeah. But Shea, you know, being the shining star that he is and the excellent performance that he's had so far, he's coming in for the season uh, above 70% with his completion. And at for home games, he's above 74%. So, And he's going to need it because the very fact um, we're talking about, I mentioned earlier, was Nebraska, I think, is top five or in the, yeah, about top five, top three in uh, sacks. So they're really, really good at sacks. So we, you know, I think that that deep, uh, offensive line at the tackle position is really going to have to protect uh, Shea during this game because I think what they know that that's Michigan's weakness, and I think they're going to try to exploit that. And I think um, um, they're going to have their they're going to have to be on the money. So to oh, give, yeah. Shea a bit, give Shea a little bit of time. You don't have to give him a lot like you do some of the other quarterbacks in the past. But, you know, give him a little bit of time. He can, you know, he doesn't need much. You can see what he does when he uh, gets a little bit of protection, even a half a second, he has time. So, Yeah, well, Scott Frost is no dummy. Scott Frost, oh. even though he's coming at 0-2, is a good coach, obviously. People should recognize him from – uh, UCF and what he did and this is not the first time that Jim Harbaugh and Scott Frost have faced off against each other because back in 2016 uh, the year in which probably Michigan has seen its best defense in quite some time um, Michigan took down UCF at home 51 to 14 and that was the infamous game of um, when Scott Frost said that they came out and hit harder than we did Right. So yeah. <laughs> there was that interesting comment. So yeah, both these uh both these coaches have a mutual respect for each other, but probably a mutual dislike as well. I mean, Michigan fans know well that uh Scott Frost goes back to uh the nineteen ninety seven season when Nebraska and the whole dispute of splitting the national championship title uh, with Michigan because he was the quarterback back then. So, and I think I could be wrong. I tried saving it, but I think somebody said that Scott Frost has as many losses as a head coach for Nebraska as he did as the starting quarterback. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, that uh, either way, whatever it is, you know that Scott Frost, Nebraska, its fans, nobody imagined that this would be the beginning that they saw coming i mean yeah maybe one and one but uh face against colorado and troy and come out own two that's yeah so and you know and michigan having history with uh nebraska is interesting now that nebraska is in the big 10 conference now and transferred over but you know seeing nebraska obviously the 1997 (laughs) championship game and how michigan had to share it with uh nebraska so that was really quite interesting so that always gets brought up at the time you know and i remember when i lived in tennessee at the time and that happened it was quite interesting so there's that bit of always that bit of history and maybe that little bit of uh both teams look at each other pretty pissed off (laughs) we should have won it you should have won it so yeah so uh there's that tidbit there as well um some to go but i will say one of the things is i'll let's let's talk about the the elephant in the room i think 
with this game, and I think it's probably the biggest factor. Is tell me your thoughts on Martinez having a game is is a game time decision. Is it on purpose? I mean, is, is Frost holding him back? I mean, is he healthy, but he's saying he's not, uh, he doesn't know yet. But uh, Martinez is a mobile quarterback, and you know how Michigan struggles with mobile quarterbacks. So that concerns me at this point right now. Yes, and thank you. That's what I was trying to get at. Martinez was yeah. the starter at the beginning of the season, correct? Yeah. Okay, there we go. Sorry. that That's what I was trying to get to before. I knew there was a quarterback change. So, yes, Martinez was the original starter, and it was the Colorado game that Bunch had to come in for, um, Then, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, that's why he played healthy, versus Troy, too. Right. So. And Martinez hasn't been very healthy. Yeah. And I think, you know, he's – lately he's had a couple – you know, at times where he's been really good and then times he hasn't because of injuries and things like that. So that that right there concerns me because he's a game time decision. So we don't really know yet. Oh, but they'll be prepared for both. Um, yeah. I'm not too concerned about it. Uh, is it a ploy? Possibly. Probably. I don't I don't mind. I mean, Harbaugh has waited until the last minute to make decisions on some things. So, I mean. You, there's some film on him going back to the Colorado game. Uh, Martinez, uh, 15 for 20, uh, 187 yards. But yeah, then he was the leading rusher for the team as well in that game with 15 carries for 117 yards. And the closest one behind him, uh, not too far. I mean, like you mentioned uh, him earlier, Greg Bell uh, is a good running back for them as he broke 100 yards uh, in their loss. So, um, but yeah, and he. Just that little part that he played in the Colorado game, Martinez was coming in with a 75% completion percentage. I mean, yeah. that's not even a full game, um, one opponent. Uh, so he's got one touchdown, one interception. Uh, so, but. Yeah, it'll be tough, and that'll be interesting to see if um, they use him in this game. Yeah, I'm not extremely worried about it. I mean, what we saw from. Um, facing Wimbush and uh, Notre Dame. It's really two things. Don't get behind the quarterback on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like behind. I mean, I know sometimes you'll be sweeping in and trying to sack him and everything, but don't get behind him. And also don't let the middle of the line get um, exposed. Because uh, that's what we saw against Wimbush is that the – uh, defense was coming in on the edge and then they wound up getting behind him and the middle of the defensive line, whether they were all trying to go around the edge or just weren't holding their positions in the middle, uh, always let there be an escape route for the quarterback. And so he could get out of it by going up in the pocket or scramble away and get some yards. So right. I'm not overly concerned with it uh if it's martinez or bunch to be honest uh i mean obviously i think we'll be more successful against bunch because then he's uh one-dimensional but yeah and i think nebraska is gonna i think at this point i'd I'd be a little bit concerned with about um nebraska if i was michigan just the very fact is they're zero and two 
starting a conference game, the first conference game, and then not wanting to go zero and three, and and being those couple games that they had, they they had a chance to win, and it was just mental mistakes. And the very fact is, everybody that seems to come in and play Michigan always gives. Somehow they always give 110%. And Michigan needs to know that. I don't think Michigan needs to look at... I think what they need to do is look at the Nebraska and what they what they don't have to lose, right? And then say, this ain't the team that lost to Troy. This isn't the team that lost to Colorado. If you start thinking that, you're going to get in trouble. Um, and I think they really need to take this team seriously because it is conference, and I think this is a statement. I think Jim Harbaugh's got to get this team ready and really show show something in this game that uh, they're 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 they have an offense that can score points. So. Yeah, well, I would almost consider it kind of the mindset that they've got nothing to lose. They don't. I mean, because if they if they. Out. Yeah, they could throw everything out there because it's just like, hey, we're already 0-2. We're going up against a ranked opponent. We're the underdogs. Trick uh, plays, everything. Yeah, we're just going to throw everything at it and, and see if something sticks. Um, now, would you – oh, shoot. How was I going to say it? Um, you were saying don't overlook Nebraska. Dang it, man it. I had a question for you on uh, kind of how you were uh, phrasing that and everything on. Um, it's going to be one of those things that's going to come back to me. So, um, but yeah, so Michigan can't overlook this game. I think uh, things will go well. I have not heard anything about Higdon. Uh, I have heard that he uh, did practice though that's this it. week. Uh, I don't know necessarily what that means. It was a very last-minute decision for him not to play, so I think it was – this is personal opinion. I'm, I'm not basing this off of any source or anything like that, but it just kind of seemed like, okay, let's not aggravate anything. Take it easy. We'll have you get ready for the Big Ten opener next week. Right, right. So um, I think that uh, – He'll as long as you know he didn't re-aggravate it during practice or anything, uh, that he'll be playing in this game. I think it'll be good. I think that we'll see a lot of similarities with the SMU game. I think there was more emphasis on the passing game um, yeah, for see. the SMU game, and uh, Nebraska certainly has its issues uh, protecting against the pass. Uh, but as you mentioned, they do have that line that has been able to break through. So it'll be a balance. I think we'll see a good amount of uh, true Wilson. Uh, as much as I hate that it seems to depend on using a running black, uh, running running back to block to buy the quarterback enough time, I do think that he's going to be in there because I don't know. I mean, I'm going to have I, I want to see more of uh, true Wilson and Kron Higdon blocking in the same game but i don't know i'm thinking that true wilson is just like beast mode with with blocking he does a fantastic job and is not afraid to stick his nose right in there with the uh with the big boys up front so good big reason why he's you know the third back (laughs) yeah so so if you if you need somebody in there to help protect shay i'd say put true wilson in 
Yeah, and you might you're probably going to need it after those uh, guys coming off the edge. You got a couple guys coming off the edge there on their defense that are pretty good. So, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yep. Um, man, during I can't think of what that was. Uh, anyways, so we'll uh we'll kind of go into some of the uh lock it or dump it. Yep. We'll talk about that because I've got that set up here. I got to pull up the questions. Uh, and then we'll go through our uh, stuff for the Big Ten and we'll do our game predictions for everything coming up. So I've got our lock and dump. Are you ready, Craig? I'm ready. All right. For our first one, Michigan will have more than 425 total yards. For the th- this would that would make it the third game in a row. Mm. I'm gonna say lock it. All right. Oh, that was a little bit That's louder than that. Um, it's <laughs> it's tough. I don't know. Is it gonna be one of those things where it'll be a closer game than we think, and Michigan will have a decent enough lead that? They'll just try to wind the clock down by grinding it on the ground. Yeah, it's uh, tough to tell. Yeah, and, and like we've already said, we do anticipate that um, for Nebraska that they're going to come out and be more competitive with it. 425 yards. Um, oh, well, I thought I thought I had it somewhere. What what was it that I said again for true defense? Uh, Nebraska has been allowing an average of 324 yards. Uh, Michigan's certainly better than Troy. Yeah. Even, even though Nebraska outgains their opponents. Oh man. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead. Uh, I'm going to lock that one too. I, I'm, I'm kind of like twisting my arm with that one. I'm going to lock it too. I, 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 I think that they'll, They'll find success and everything uh, for the offense. So we'll both lock that in. Uh, the second one, the Michigan defense will hold Nebraska to third down completion percentage of 31 or lower. Right now, Michigan is coming in at just around 35%. Okay. And Nebraska is uh, – only completing about 35% themselves coming into this game. Right. So is is that just going to cons- consist and stay the same, or is Michigan going to be able to shut down Nebraska and bring it down? I was, I was torn. I was thinking 31% or 30%. So I'm giving a little bit, and I'm going with the 31%. So 31% or lower for the third down completion percentage for Nebraska. Mm, let's say dump that. Okay. And I love it when buttons don't work. Um, man. Uh, I'm a little bit worried. That that play last week against SMU yeah. uh, where they got a touchdown. Yep. Thing, things like that scare me. But, man... Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and lock it myself. So, you you dumped it. I'll lock it. We'll 
just watch it and see how it goes, I guess. <laughs> it's like pulling teeth over here. Um, yep. All right, so this is the interesting one. This is just kind of unique, different, threw it in there just to see what you might think. Shea Patterson will... Come on, Bunch. Finally rush for a touchdown. Oh, I'd say dump. Dump it. Dump it. Oh, man. Okay. Um, I was even thinking about this, too, where it's just going to be like. No, because of that pass rush. I mean. Oh, got... Okay, because of the defensive line? Yeah. Yeah, they got some pretty good pass rushers. See, part of me wants to jump in and lock it right away because I'm like, oh, you know, that's that. I feel like a quarterback rush touchdown is, a, especially when it's not a dual threat quarterback, is kind of a slap in the face, you know? Right. <sighs> you know what? Let's make it interesting. I'll lock it. Wow. Wow! Wow! Wow, man! The, the controversy. I think he, I think he's enjoying these receivers and trying to get a rapport with them. So I think he wants to continue to throw. So, yeah, no, he'll he'll definitely throw, and the Michigan running game will, I think, have its own successes too. But right, yeah, I think um, I think I'll switch it up and throw it in there for the for the lock on that one. So. All right, well, before we do our final predictions for the game and everything, I think. Is it this? I always mess up the order. Do we do the uh, Big Ten predictions before our final predictions or? Yeah. Okay. All right. I wanted to make sure. and I should probably kind of write that down and keep track of that. Don't you think? Maybe I'd be organized and could do that every once in a while. <laughs> All right. Let's get... Um, no, well, let's just do that. Okay, so here we go. This is what we're looking at for this week. Uh, Big Ten doing their awesome Friday night game. I don't know if you guys remember that. It's supposed to be happening. So 9 o'clock this Friday, uh, number 10 Penn State is going on the road to Illinois, where they are the 28-point favorite. Then Saturday, game starting at noon, Minnesota is uh, playing Mar- at Maryland where Maryland is a one-and-a-half-point favorite wow. against the undefeated Gophers. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, Purdue is playing a non-conference game. Uh, they're actually facing the ranked Boston College, and they, they are – and Boston College is only favored by six-and-a-half points. A.J. Dillon. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, Rutgers is also playing out of conference and they are playing Buffalo and Rutgers is the underdog. Yeah. Oh yeah. By five points at home to Buffalo. Uh, Ohio state is another team that is playing an out of conference game. They are playing Tulane at home. Number four, Ohio state is the 37 point favorite ranked Michigan state going on the road to Indiana. Um, they are the four and a half point favorites. Okay. So that, that could be interesting because Indiana, another yeah. undefeated team. Yeah, they're doing well. Yes. And this is, I think the, okay. So outside of Michigan, if I would recommend any game to watch and I haven't seen all this stuff, but if you're going to watch any other big 10 game this weekend, this is the one that I would recommend because this, this just seems exciting. 
It's uh, Wisconsin coming off, number 18 Wisconsin coming yeah. off a wow. upset loss to BYU at home. They are going to be the three-point favorites against undefeated Iowa at wow. Kinnick Stadium. Oh, yeah. Good old Kinnick Stadium. Man, I hate that place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody hates that place. Everybody. Ohio State hates that place. Michigan hates that place. Yeah. Is it at what time is it at? That that's game? a night game. That's eight thirty. Uh, oh man, Wisconsin. <laughs> oh man, that's. Uh, I'll be I'll be watching that one because I'll be uh we'll be moved in by then. Yeah, and Kinnick Stadium at night is just bad. Bad news, man. Yeah, I, I have to. I have a good I, team lose. <laughs> I've got a cousin that go uh went to. Did he go? Oh wait, no, he didn't go to Iowa. But uh, the, his. Families from Iowa. I've got family from Iowa and everything, and he's a big Iowa fan. Goes yeah. to games. Um, years ago, actually, I don't know if you guys remember, but when Iowa was in the Big Ten title game, uh, I had him call in, and we did part of an episode together. Um, but yeah, so that. Oh man, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, well, wow. So uh, I know I threw a lot of numbers at you, Craig. What's uh, what did you want to pick? I'll go what's ahead. A, what's the point spread on that Minnesota game? The Minnesota game, uh, Maryland is favored by one and a half points. Oh, wow. I'll take that. You'll take that for? Minnesota cover. Okay. Yep. Minnesota covering one and a half over Maryland. Okay. I am. Uh, I think what I'm going to take – I. I I really find this difficult to imagine, but I guess, hold on, let me, oh man, this is tough too. Three and oh, Boston College going up against 0 and three Purdue. Oh, yeah. Backs against the wall, but a six and a half, only six and a half point favorite. Uh, I've, I feel like I got to take that one. I think I'm going to take Boston College. Boston College. Yeah, they got a mobile quarterback. He throws pretty well. And, of course, uh, former commit, A.J. Dillon, running really well for Boston College. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take that. I'm going to lock that in. I mean, I, all it is is a touchdown, a touchdown or more. I, right. Yeah, I'm I'm taking that. We, we didn't fare – neither of us fared very well last week with that. But I'll, I'll take it. Take it to the bank. So yeah. – those are your rundowns for this uh, weekend of games and everything. And so as we are coming up kind of here, hovering around 50 minute mark for the episode and everything, we've got to get to the important stuff. The important stuff being number 19, Michigan at home, big 10 opener against Nebraska. It is a maze out. Don't forget that. Yep. So if you go to the game, you got to try to wear, uh, got to wear your maze. Uh, noon kickoff. Michigan, 17-point favorite with the over-under of 50. Um, I think, did I go first last time? Either way, I'll let you go, Craig. Okay. Well, Michigan coming into uh, 0-2. Nebraska going to host them, and I tell you, man, Michigan's doing pretty well. I like what I see. They got... Still got a little bit of issues on offense, a little bit. Um, maybe I'd like to see some throwing of the ball in the first quarter, but uh, uh, it's good to see Higdon and Evans are going to start coming back, and Higdon's really big. I like him as running back and um, over Evans at times. 
So that's big news. I think Shea Patterson's starting to come into his own. It's good to see Peoples Jones starting to run crisper and a lot better and a lot quicker. And that means it'll open up for everyone else. And um, this is game. This is a game. We're talking about a conference game coming out. Shoot, who's going to come out? Uh, the Big Ten Conference showing uh, what they can do. And I think Michigan uh, wins 38, and I think Nebraska only gets 21. You said 38 and 21? Yep. Okay. All right, that was a little hard for me to hear there. 38 and 21 is your prediction. Let me write that down so I don't forget because I almost messed up that one time. So 38 to 21. Okay. All right. Yeah, so... Oops. I'll put that by my name. I... um. I do think that we're getting to the point, and like I said, I do believe that the coaching staff specifically prepares for specific opponents, even though we didn't see it. Uh, it, it wasn't evident and stuck out that much against Notre Dame. But I right. believe moving forward, especially with the eph- emphasis on Big Ten play, uh, that they will have specific things drawn up, prepared offensively, defensively, not saying that they're not prepared every week. Anyways, blah, blah, blah. I'm just uh, going on here. But uh, I feel comfortable with this game. You can't overlook them. Um, man, what was... Uh, I want to look. Their scoring offense, uh, Nebraska's just averaging 23 and a half. They play Colorado and... Um, Colorado and Troy. So I don't think um, they're going to find a lot of success against the Michigan defense, even though that we even stated earlier that they've had their struggles recently and sometimes let big plays happen. I will go ahead and put it as Nebraska putting up 17 points. I will go ahead and then for Michigan say Let's do 42-17. Wow. I'm being, I'm being, uh, yeah. I'm being a little generous, but I think that, uh, I think they'll want to kind of pile it on. And that was another thing too. Like I mentioned, breakdown on special teams. We've already seen the success of special teams for Michigan. We saw it against Notre Dame. So... Could they go for the trifecta of having a defensive down, uh, touchdown, special teams touchdown, and offensive touchdown? Hmm? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little optimistic here. So I'm doing a little bit further point spread for you. Um, so I am going with the over, um, and I am going with the uh, covering the spread. Uh, you, Craig, are tying the spread. And but you are going with the over as well. So so we will see how that works out. We will see what happens Saturday and yep. noon. It'll be good. It's Big Ten play. Yep, conference starts now. Oh yeah, things. It's gonna get intense. Things are just gonna get more intense from here. This is, I, I think. Nebraska is a good opponent um, to start up Big Ten play with. Um, 
I really, you know, Owen two does not speak to the capability of this coaching staff and this team. So it, it will be interesting to watch. Uh, so people watch, let it happen. As we've kind of seen with all the games so far, um, I don't know how to necessarily feel about it, but this is kind of something that I'll use for closing here. Um, people talk about the Smash Mouth football. Right. Um, where like uh, Jim Harbaugh and company want to go out and kind of punch you in the mouth and, you know, just grind it and and essentially physically beat you you beat out. the opponent, worry out, so then they can attack you. You get tired, you get complacent, you think you the opponent thinks they figured it out, and then all of a sudden, bam, there's a 44 yard completion to Donovan Peoples Jones. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So, expect it to go to potentially go slow. Um, and I'm not necessarily saying a scoreless first quarter, but if there's not a score on the first offensive drive, don't be shocked. And it usually does that for Michigan. Isn't that funny? Right out of the gate. It's yeah, like... I hate it. I hate it so <laughs> much. Like when I saw it against SMU, I was like, oh, I hate this so much. But and I was just like, it's okay. I mean, it did it with the other games. Yeah. They, they come out of the gate and they're, you know, they go third, three and out. So, yep. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So. So that's the way the cookie crumbles. And we will see, and we will watch, and we will enjoy our football. And I, like I said, I think that uh, you should try to watch the Wisconsin-Iowa uh, game. That one should be interesting. So I was chatting with somebody about it. I don't feel too good for Wisconsin in that situation. No, but, that's – yeah, that's a bad news. And then coming off a, a loss to – bring him young it's just uh. yeah it'll be interesting we'll we'll see if they if they bounce back so but uh but yeah that's it here for this week this third week or wait 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 sorry after the third week going into the fourth week gotta do my math right michigan football so we thank you guys for listening and we really appreciate it hope you guys have a good weekend if you're traveling to the game or traveling to watch the game Be safe, travel safe, and until next time, go blue. Go blue.